You're listening to a sermon from crckulaman.org. Who's been on a, a school bus lately? There's a kid up the back there. Do you ever catch a school bus? Nope, no one catches a school bus. Has anyone ever... Has anyone hopped in a taxi recently? So if you hop into a taxi, you're probably going to see something laminated. It's probably going to be prominent near the driver somewhere. Can someone tell me what that two-dimensional kind of laminated thing communicates to us? Anyone know what's on it? It has a, a mug shot. Do you know what I'm talking about now? If you hop on a school bus, hop in a taxi, you'll see a laminated card with a person's face and it's an indication of authority. And so I remember taking photos a few years ago. People would come in periodically and they would say, oh, you know, I need to come in and get a photo and look at the guy and say, hmm, okay, yeah, you might want to have a shave before you have your photo taken or something like that. And then you say, what's it for? He said, oh, I just need to renew my bus authority or my taxi authority. And so with that, you have a picture. And it communicates something. So in the government's eyes, they're authorised to convey someone, if it's a bus driver, school bus driver, safely between home and school, returning. And the government says, yep, this person is licensed and okay to do that. They carry our authority. It's backed by the government. Today, this is, I think, Part four in a series we're working through, which is, have we got a picture there, Steve? One with authority. And it's based in the Gospel of Mark. And today I'll be bringing up a couple of scriptures that we might have already heard in in previous messages. But bear with me. Today's aspect is Jesus is obviously the one we're talking about. And we're saying he's the one with authority to to heal. I'll just wait for Steve to heal here. How's that cough? (laughs) Yeah, Jesus is the one with authority to to heal. As as this Gospel of Mark unfolds, and, and if you're not reading it, I'd encourage you to sort of, we're not too far into the book of Mark really, catch up a bit. Maybe read it over a few weeks, or if you're a quick reader, maybe quicker. But it's a, it's a good thing to go back to and, and just mull over some of these scriptures as, as we go through. Anyway, as this book unfolds, we see people, the Jewish people, have a, a historical kind of understanding of, of what authority is and how it might relate to healing. But they see it as something connected to prophets, God and prophets. God has delegated some sort of authority to certain chosen people. What we see in the Gospels, as we see people relate to Jesus, is we see that there's a lot of people don't understand that here amongst them is the delegator himself of authority, who who has authority in himself and, and can actually heal on his own terms. And... If people were a little bit slow to adjust, we'll we'll see that in Mark and maybe um, even the way this book's written. We see that Jesus lets out little bits and little pieces that point towards who he is, 
who he might be, until we get to the end of the book and then we see in, in the amazing conclusion of a gospel what happens at the cross and, and that full revelation about who Jesus is and, of, and why, of course, he has this authority. So he keeps a certain amount back. That's the way it comes across in, in the Gospel of Mark. But it's interesting that he goes in and he, he uses this interesting little phrase that Steve quoted for us earlier, part of. He referred to himself as, as the Son of Man. We heard a bit about that last week and I'll, I'll quote it in a uh, scripture shortly. It's an unusual phrase and, and I wonder what its importance is to do that and just to get a sense of, of what Jesus' authority might be. We're going to have a flashback quickly to that, that scripture in totality and it's back to a prophet of the past whose name was Daniel. And so Jewish people, a fair proportion you could expect to have heard something of this this is Daniel 7, 13 to 14. In my vision at night, this is Daniel's vision, I looked and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. Do I need to explain who the ancient of days might be? He was given authority, glory and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will never pass away or will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Someone who comes on the scene in Israel who appears and describes himself as a son of man, maybe there could be something he possesses that could be a little bit special, a little bit out of the ordinary. And who couldn't help but sit up and take notice when stories start getting around that there's this person who's miraculously making people better when something's wrong with them. No antibiotics, no radiotherapy, no exoskeleton walking machine. Has anyone seen those? For people who are, are paralysed perhaps, they've invented these machines that go around you and off you go, almost like something you'd see in the movies. None of this back when Jesus appears, though. But Jesus' disciples and all the people around recognised through the miracles they were seeing that Jesus had some sort of authority to heal. And what was their first response? It was that, that really human response, which is, well, if you've got something wrong, if you've got a need and you need it fixed, well, here's someone we can go to like the people who lowered their friend through the roof of a building into a room where Jesus was. Hey, here's the person who heals. What's the human response? Get to that person. Like we go to a doctor now. I'm going to skim some of the miracles that we might have read in the first couple of chapters of Mark. And just a couple of things I want to do to knit some thoughts together. Mark 1, 29 to 31. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. This is Jesus with, with his crew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they immediately told Jesus about it. That's a human response, isn't it? <coughs> so he went to her, took her hand and helped her up. The fever left her and she began to wait on them. Next scripture. 
Mark 1, 32 to 34. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. Here's the person who can make it better. Note this last little bit. I'll come back to it um, with another thought shortly. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. They knew better than the people, didn't they? In the people's minds, well, they had a, a, a bit of an idea of what they think he is based on history. Mark 1, 40-44. A man with leprosy came to him and begged Jesus on his knees, If you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. I'll just address that word indignant. In most of the translations you come across, it's uh, Jesus was moved with compassion or something like that. The NIV, for its own reasons, does indignant. Um, we could have a big discussion about language. But moved with compassion, all we know is there's a response from Jesus that is something really significant. And compassion is something we know to be consistent with Jesus. So let's say Jesus was moved with compassion. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I'm willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone. Go, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. The demons knew who he was. This leper had an inkling. Jesus said, look, keep it to yourself. Although Jesus had told others to not spread the news, there were other details that were pointing to the authority attached to his identity. Significantly, what did the people hear when Jesus was baptised? There was a voice that came from somewhere. And what did it say? This is my son. That's a pretty important detail as to identity and authority, isn't it? And Jesus, he does point to it. Last week, we talked about the lame man being lowered through the roof into a room. So I'll pick up on some of that. He's having a go at some teachers of the law. And, you know, it, that, that cranky, they're really cranky because Jesus, when this lame man's presented to him, says, your sins are forgiven. This is why they're cranky. They say, Who, who's this guy to forgive, forgive people's sins? And that's what Annette was sharing on last week, touching on. They thought he was blaspheming. But Jesus responds to them. He says, look, he knows what's going on inside them. He says, why are you thinking these things? What's easier? To say to this paralysed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take up your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, Get up, take up your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone. And they praised God saying, we've never seen anything like this. And they wouldn't have. 
Do we often see that now? They hadn't seen anything like that, perhaps in their generation. But they had heard about prophets and healing. And they did recognise, it was part of you know, their faith, certainly, that the origin of healing must be God. And in this case with this paralysed guy, they praise God, recognising that this was an act that could only be sanctioned and done with God's authority. And why did they connect it with God? Other than that it was miraculous. That, that Jewish history, passing on all these stories from the past. And if you look through the Old Testament, you'll come across them. I'll just quickly check a couple. Abraham and Abimelech. Without going into the story, King Abimelech and his wife aren't going to be able to have kids. Who does Abraham intercede with? God. What happens in their situation? Not a problem going forward. That barrenness is fixed up. Moses and Miriam. Miriam's sister is afflicted with leprosy on account of something she's done. Moses intercedes with God. What happens to Miriam? Healed. Isaiah and Hezekiah, King Hezekiah, he's told he's going to die. Isaiah meets with him. He's the one that's delivered the message. He goes out and before he's finished basically getting clear of Hezekiah's palace or house, God turns him around, sends him back. He's heard, you know, the bitter cries of Hezekiah. He's healed. He's given another 15 years. Elijah and a widow's son who dies. God brings that child to life. Elisha, another prophet. Naaman, a general from another country, comes because he's leprous. God heals him. This is what the Jews have in their history. This is the knowledge they have. And it's interesting because that same line of thinking that's there and developed over all this time, it's automatic. When it comes along, it's still the same. God, prophet or special person. And this is what some people had about John the Baptist. John the Baptist, he's the one who came along, introduces Jesus says, I've got to become less. Yep, I've prepared the way for him, but I'll retreat into the background now. But actually, a lot of people have been profoundly affected by John's call to them to repent, even as he prepared the way. John the Baptist, he gets executed. He came first, and Herod was actually quite fearful of this John the Baptist and his influence. And when Jesus at a point, sends out his 12 disciples to minister, you know, with healing and delivering people from demons, this sort of thing. After John's death, Herod thought, oh, this is a... He was still thinking, this is a John, God thing. This is a God and John the Baptist thing. Mark six fourteen to 16 says, King Herod heard about this, what the disciples were doing, for Jesus' name had become well known. Some were saying... John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. And that's why miraculous powers are at work in him. Others said, oh, he's Elijah. And still others claimed, he's a prophet, just like one of the prophets from long ago. But when Herod heard it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, 
It's him. He's been raised from the dead. God, John. Herod still knew there was some authority at work, but he failed to identify the one through whom it was operating. He didn't see right in front of him the one through whom this authority was coming. The disciples' ministries hadn't begun with John. Those 12, when they went out in ministry, that hadn't begun with John. They were commissioned by Jesus. Mark 6 and the second half of verse 6 to 7. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the 12 to him. He began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits goes on the next little bit and says he gave them further instructions on what to do when they are out there ministering and this was the result in Mark 6 12 to 13 they went out and preached that people should repent they drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them authority was delegated or given or put on people who can do that Well, it's the one who holds some authority. It's only one who holds authority that can delegate it and give it. Someone maybe like a king. So I want to bookend our scriptures now with some more from Daniel 7. Daniel 7, 27. It's a little bit further from that one that we heard about where that authority is given to the Son of Man. Daniel 7.27 says, Then the sovereignty, power and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be handed over to the holy people of the Most High. His kingdom, still talking about the Son of Man, will be an everlasting kingdom and all rulers will worship and obey him. I wonder if Herod might have been a little more terrified when he heard that because he didn't sound particularly terrified, did he, when he was dealing with Pilate in those matters ahead of the cross. But that's the magnitude of authority that Jesus has and holds and possesses. And why does that matter? That's a lot of information. Hopefully I'll put some logic together about the indicators that say this authority is there, but why does it matter to you and me? Well, would it be because we can operate with that inherited authority? We just read something of a description in Daniel 7 about authority being handed to the people of God to rule. You know, if that was the way we're going to read it into our future and Jesus commissioned to the disciples. Not primarily. That's not the key point here. It's important to understand it. It is significant. But it matters because Jesus' acts of authority speak of God's greatness. In God's unfailing and amazing love, his unfailing mercy, his faithfulness that's unceasing, Jesus deals with all of creation. He doesn't just act to heal you and me and our individual approaches, but he brings into order all the kingdoms under heaven. That's what we heard in that Daniel 7 passage. All the kingdoms under heaven brought under him. Look also at how he carries his authority in what we read in Mark's Gospel, in the other Gospels. He doesn't carry his authority with the nature of what we would describe as an authoritarian. 
And man, I think if I've got any authority with my kids or anything like that, I'd much rather have the Jesus type of authority than the authoritarian. But perhaps I lean towards the authoritarian at times. You know, I don't think it's by mistake the fathers are warned not to deal harshly with their kids. An authoritarian says, you got what you deserve. Deal with it. But Jesus, one with authority, says to the world, what a mess you're in. I want to deal with all of it. And this one with authority, he's got no need to go through some sort of application process or a driving test like a taxi driver or a school bus driver. It's just there. What's Jesus' type of authority? How did he respond to that leper? He reached out his hand and he touched the man. What did he ask him? What did the leper ask Jesus? If he was willing to heal him? Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. The one with authority to heal is moved with that same sort of compassion to our whole world, to every man, every girl, every woman, every boy. The one with authority is willing to heal and willing is a very active thing in terms of God. How are we going to respond to that awareness that we have if we understand that Jesus is the one with authority to heal, that his orientation towards this world is one of compassion. How do we respond to that? And there's a challenge in this. Challenge one, identify, if you can, as you go out from here, identify, look forward, see if you can recognise when maybe you're in need of healing but waiting for someone to come along and lead you to a healer. Now that could be a healing ministry, that's fine. But when we're in need of healing, but we wait for someone to come along and lead us to a healer. Or what about this challenge too? Can we identify, can we recognise when we have a friend or someone we know who needs healing but we're waiting for an opportunity to take them through a roof, if necessary, towards someone who will heal them. Who's the person with the authority to heal? Do we need to wait? It's Jesus. And he's willing. He wills to heal you. He wills to heal me. He's willing to use you. He's willing to use me. So in those challenges, when we identify that we're waiting, that it's just um, it's stasis, something sitting still, stopping, Jesus is the one with the authority, one with authority to heal. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your plan. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your authority that is given to us with such love. Your authority to um, the way in which you act, 
to, to reconcile us to, to yourself. This whole world, the, the kingdoms would come under the authority of heaven and that you would act onward and still with such great compassion. Would you set this in our hearts? Would you set in our hearts that you are the one with authority to heal? We turn to you. We turn to you and say, those things that we've hung on to thinking, oh, there's no answer for this. Lord, knowing that you are willing to heal, would you heal those things that we haven't brought forward to you? Lord, would you set it in our hearts to have that awareness that when we witness people with needs, to bring them to you, to share healing with them as you're there with your authority, acting. Thank you for your heart towards us. Make these changes, Lord. Heal our understanding where our understanding is, is misguided or, or full of doubt. Heal our understanding. We thank you for your unstinting love again. In Jesus' name, amen.